Got it, got it. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh. It's going to be one of them Sundays. Hey, so once a year we get together and we talk about relationships. And this is that time of year. And so we kind of feel very passionate of the people that God brings into our lives. We, 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 we talk a lot about the motivation behind Christianity, and yet what we believe in a very real sense is that Christianity applies at every aspect of our life. And that Christianity allows us to engage in parts of our life that some of us ignore. Our relationships, specifically. This is not a, a marriage seminar, right? No. Nope. Okay. Anything else? Just no? We're just... We're just talking? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Scripture tells us that let us think of the ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Relationships are the most precious of things in our lives, and at times they are the most challenging. Can I get an amen? amen. Good. Right, so one of the things that we're going to talk about is why they're challenged. And we're going to take it from two specific ways in the next month. We're going to talk about communication and community. Because I believe that without the ability to communicate, to talk to one another, not to talk by one another and through one another, but the ability to communicate in our friendships, in our homes, in our relationships, in our marriages, at work, that we're not able to engage in one another. And in the context of communication, we have to live in community. Right? A lot of us live in a vacuum and in a silo. It's, it's in, a, in the sense of we live apart and alone. And what community provides for us is someone, for someone like me, who's a little bit more hard-headed than someone like her. Just a little bit. In reality, we're going to talk about that shortly. There's a real small little bit. Like if I have a titanium head, she has like a cast iron steel head. So, Kevlar head? Yeah. But we want to just give you some tools. It's going to be practical. So the next four weeks is just going to be practical kind of stuff. And we're going to talk about, about the issue of conflict this morning. And this is what I believe. I believe that the relationships that you have are worth fighting for. Now, I'll put a caveat in this because we hear when we begin this thing, are you saying that we should have relationships that, you know, that are, are toxic or that are abusive? It's like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that the relationships that we have that, that are abusive need to be held on to. If you feel like you're in an abusive relationship, please come talk to us and we'll figure out next steps together. So did everybody hear that? So this is not a, a message on how to stay into something where there's physical uh, abuse going on. I am not saying that, nor will I ever say that. And at times in church that we feel like that is a problem. And yet we do believe that the men and women that you think and that you believe uh, that God has brought into you are worth, are worth fighting for. So our prayer and our hearts is that we give you some of the tools that are necessary to make those things work. Okay? You're up. 
But I'm so far away from the table. You're so far away from me. I know. It's purposeful. There we go. Well, when we um, first stopped, started talking about the series, we labeled it fight. And I was like, yeah, we can do that. You know, all of us know how to slam doors and yell and scream and, and uh, pout and put up walls. But then we added the tagline for our relationships. And there's, there's something different when, we, when you don't have a cause to fight for. It's just aggression. But if you have a cause to fight for, it's, it's impactful. Um, and God calls us to fight for things greater than ourselves. And he calls, calls us to fight for relationships. And we, when we fight for something, it means we defend it. We um, support it. We, we guard it. We uh, protect it from harm or danger. Um, I think of of um, when you drive through Kansas, of all places. Anyways, there's, there's these oh. windbreaks that are put on the north and the west side of homes because it protects the wind from the harshness to actually hit the home. And so it's like, that's how we protect people. We, our, our friendships or relationships, we protect it from the harshness of what the world does. So, um, or a safeguard for those relationships. And I, I just had a friend, a good friend, tell me recently that she, she was about to give up on her marriage just because it was such a struggle. But the Lord spoke to her heart, reminding her, did I not fight for you? So can you not fight for this relationship? And that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Even that song this morning that we sang, it says, the reckless love of God chases us down, fights till we are found. It's that kind of, of love that we fight in, in relationships with. But when he told her that, she said it, it changed her trajectory to, I will fight for this relationship because God fought for me. And I love that. Okay. Who hates conflict? Come on, the majority of the people I Who think. likes conflict? <laughs> uh, I hate it. I would used to do anything to, to um, avoid it. I would do anything to avoid it. But I've realized that in relationships, it's actually the thing that helps shape us. And it's a tool that God uses to um, just smooth off edges on us sometimes so so for those of us that like it like it Go ahead. yeah so we're entering our 19th year of, of marriage right so when we were first married she was sweet <laughs> kind <laughs> And I was hard-headed and pig-headed, and I'm like, oh, we're going to fight. We're going to fight good. I mean, if you're going to get in an argument and have a conflict, we're going to do it. Do it upright. <laughs> and I, I think when, when we talk about that, when we come at it from, from different perspectives, right, we, we come at, at, at things, and, and every relationship, and, and I'll say this from business relationships to husband-wife relationships to friendships, to uh, children in a relationship will have conflict. 
right? They, they exist. In fact, there's, there's this huge study out in business world that it says a group will never become a well-functioning team without conflict. And, and yet, so, but we all bring stuff with us. Like, I love a good fight. And, and it's sad because what it did for us is it, it, it made her want to go and, and, and do that. Like, no. <laughs> but, but, however, she loves to win. <laughs> Dear Lord, does she love to win. Everybody loves to win. Yeah, not like you. <laughs> like, loves to win board games. Loves to win bike races, loves to win skiing, loves to win snowboarding, loves to win making cookies, loves to win what other, a anything that you can like have competitions, you're like, I'm going to take you. <laughs> so, so in the midst of a hard-headed guy that's like, oh, we're going to fight, and we're going to fight good, and someone who likes to win but hates conflict, you know, how do you, how do you go about not breaking things, not physically. But now, how do we go about breaking relational things? You're up. <laughs> do you like to win? Just admit it. Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> when don't you like to win, other than when you're sleeping? I think it's he likes to win, and so he's just kind of projecting that on me. Whoa. <laughs> I like your hair, though. You know, you're up. <laughs> We're going to shift our focus. Okay. Oh, already? No. Okay. Go. Um, first, we want to talk about redefining conflict. I think sometimes it's just our terminology. When you think about, you've heard the term conflict, res conflict resolution. And you know, when the New Year's rolls around, resolutions, we only they only last for about a month. But if we called it conflict transformation, what would that do in just our thinking? Because um, sometimes conflict resolution has the connotation that there has to be a winner. But transformation creates, this means there's something that's going to be created new out of this. And transformation part comes when there's, there's deeper understanding in, in an argument or a conflict. Um, three things that, that help us get to a place of deeper understanding is that not, don't just agree to disagree to maintain the relationship. Because sometimes what that does is it just um, perpetuates the misunderstanding or, or it causes resentment. The result might be even worse than an actual argument. Um, but if we're open to, to a deeper understanding, we have better connection, even though we just might disagree. Second thing there is address underlying intentions. You're going to talk a little bit more about that. But um, what's the conversation about? And then what's it really about? Because lots of times we, have, we argue about something that's very trivial, but because there's something deeper inside that wants to win. <laughs> and then don't put people on the stand. It's like we get anxious or fearful in a discussion or an argument and we we grill them you know like you said this this day and now you're saying this and and so it's like we need to stop slow down and 
instead of opposing them, just start really listening. Um, if we want to transform a disagreement into an opportunity for connection, we need to distinguish between the past, present, and the future. I love this, because <clears throat> when disagreements revolve around the past, that's when we fall into the whole, I said, you said, back and forth. And, we fo and focusing on that, what happened in the past, it increases tension and it decreases connection. But conflict transforms when we shift our focus. And shifting the focus to where we are now, and the most important turning point is when we focus on, um, on the future. What do we want our relationship to be going forward and what do we need to do, even if we still disagree, but to create that future that we want together, whether it's, what, what do we want for our family? What do we want for our faith community? What do we want for our team? Um, shifting the focus doesn't necessarily mean we agree, but it helps identify agreement about what that future needs to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, so the only way you can do that really is, is check your own motivation. Right, so for a guy that likes conflict or someone that loves to win, you, you walk into a, a, a disagreement with, with some very unspoken expectations, right? And, and, and we talk through one another and we listen, not really, right? Because what we're doing is we're preparing our ability to respond to the next point. Right? We're building a case so that, that, that we can win. Scripture tells us that for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Yeah, that kind of stinks at times in an in a, in a intimate relationship because if you look at that and you like look at your words that you say and how you interact with one another, especially when things get heated and you say things and you bring up things from the past like, well, you know, in 2008 on February 3rd at 10.02 p.m., you said, not that any of you guys do that. Okay, so not that you guys do that, but someone like, no, you're per me, yeah, you're perfect, I love you. <laughs> right, so, so you have to kind of, when you walk into something like, I gotta win, I gotta make my point, I've gotta get my point across, that's a motivation that deafens us to everything that we say. Scripture also says that, maybe, people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. So when we get sideways, right, this is an individual kind of check. This is, I'll help you here. Guys, don't, don't ever go, what's your motive in this? <laughs> you know, it's just, it, because again, that's a, that's a, that's, that's a, that's just something that it's like you shut things down. The hardest thing that we fight and face is the belief that God brings tension, not to destroy us or to bring a wedge between us, but to draw us closer together. Everything that we face in life, personally, professionally, and relationally, can be used for His glory and for His kingdom. 
even Saturdays where you're, you're, you're upset, even, even when times are tough, but it is a point of motivation. And if the Holy Spirit, if I stop and the motivation is, God, this is all about me and I'm tired of this and I'm angry, then, then my personal choice is the ability to go, God, change my heart. Reshape what I'm, I'm doing. Allow me to look at my relationships and want nothing but the best for them rather than the best for me. Once motivation changes, then we can listen. And like Dave says, sometimes while we're arguing, we're already preparing our response instead of really listening. If we listen with a desire to learn more about the other's perspective, it helps. And there's even questions you can, you can say, tell me more, or ask questions like, help me understand why you don't agree with this idea, or help me understand why this is so important to you. And we, there's something about our posture, too. Think about a, a baseball catcher standing behind the plate. He's not standing there with his arms crossed and rolling his eyes. He's, he's ready to receive what's thrown at him. And it's standing in that kind of posture, even physically, but also in our hearts and our minds of posturing ourselves to, to listen, to truly listen. Then we have to listen, really listen, and listen to understand in the same way we want to be understood. I think that's critical. Um, coming into this, I, I was like, I am no expert at all on relationships. I don't know what to say. I could read something and just puke it out to you guys. But one night I was praying about this, and I was asking God to just give me something fresh and different for me, too. And I was laying in bed, and, and it was like the word friction came to mind. Because there's often, we refer to relationships as there's a lot of friction in that relationship. And I was like, I want to understand that term more. And I actually Googled um, physics for kids. Because <laughs> I might be a nerd, but I'm not a science nerd. And it was really interesting because the term friction, there's two different kinds. There's kinetic friction and then there's static friction. And I won't get into that because I don't really understand it either. But Kinetic friction is like when a car brakes and stops, where the brake squeezes the disc or whatever and it slows down, so it stops. The other kind of friction, static friction, is actually when it moves you forward, like when the tire grips the pavement when you accelerate. And I was like, that's interesting because when there's friction in relationships, we have a choice of how we let it either stop us from greater understanding, no way, I'm not going to go any farther. Or we have a choice to, to let it move us forward. I think that's what I said. <laughs> well, then, I'm totally off my notes. But then the next morning, this Welcome was funny. Welcome to my life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the next morning, I had a doctor's appointment. Go into the doctor's appointment, walk into the restroom, and there's a sign right there. Friction rubs off germs. And I was like, I literally laughed out loud. I'm like, okay, God, what are you showing me here? But 
it was interesting because it's like I see the friction sometimes in relationships is the very thing that rubs off sin in our lives. Um, Proverbs 27:17 says, "As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend." There's mutual benefit in the friction of rubbing two blades together. The edges become sharper, and we are sharpened by one another when we fellowship together and when we meet, just times when we're together, that conflict. The proverb um, also indicates the need for constant fellowship with one another. We're not made to be alone. Um, Wait, we've got to stop that. Stop that. Stop it. Stop it. I do like to be alone. Yeah, you do. You kind of freak me out every once in a while. <laughs> so, these things. These things are not a relationship. And these things are not a way to reconcile a relationship or to have a hard discussion. We want to avoid one another at, at times, and I'll, I'll, I'll end with some practical stuff, but not that this isn't practical, but how do you, how do you as a person that loves quiet, that loves to sit in the front room with nothing going on in the house, no noise, no nothing, even the dog's quiet. <laughs> how do you, how do you, when you want to be alone, how do you fight the urge to just avoid? It's not in the note. I know, but we, <laughs> you started it. You started it. You went off notes. Not my fault. I'm only following. I'm just a clown in this circus. Did Go. I miss something you were supposed to say? No. Ah, I'm avoiding right now. No. Right. You got nine minutes, so you can like just go. This look pretty. Bat your eyes. We can get through. What was the question? <laughs> how do you, how does someone that likes to be alone enter into community? Well, I mean, I like to be alone. It, it's the thing that probably fuels me in a sense, rejuvenates me. But also relationships do too. I mean, there's there's nothing like having a great conversation with a friend or 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 a husband. Not that you're not my friend, but um, <laughs> that. So there's, it's a combination. I don't know. <laughs> How does... <laughs> so one I of the things I think that spot. our society fights is the willingness and the ability and the encouragement to give up and to move to the next best, greatest thing. We just check out. Right, so, so if... If my wife likes to be alone and we've had a season of conflict, it would be easy to just go, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm tired and I'm weary of this. And society convinces us that we always deserve something more. But here's the thing about relationships in the context of community. When I enter into a relationship with what it can give me, then the issue of community is negated, right? Then it becomes transactional. Then it's, then it's only what she can provide me 
and only what she can provide me that gives me the impetus to continue into that relationship. But the context of community means that somehow I bring myself, offering myself in the form of a servant, biblical term, to what I can bring in that context of relationship so that if we both bring that heart and that attitude, then it's not so much what she can do for me, it's what I can do for her. And so when things get, times get tough, when, when difficulties arrive, then I don't look at that conflict as something of a reason to bail. I look at that conflict as transformational, as something that can bring us closer together, as something that I can learn from. And that if I don't have a motive, and I don't have preconceived set of scorecards, that, okay, I've, I've given you two, now I get to get one. Right, that zero-sum game for some of you business majors. That relationships are not zero-sum games. Never have been, never will be. They're not biblically modeled that way, but they are a gift. And that when we struggle, when we have difficult times, most of which are my fault, 90%, 10% you, 90% me. 20, 28, 20. 20%? No. Yeah. yeah, you probably own 20. No more than 20. But when we, when we enter into those times that are difficult, and see, we've all been there. right? We've been there with our kids. We've been there with our, at our work. We've been there in our marriages. We've been there in our friendships. And we begin to go, well, what, what about me? We defeat the very thing that God provides for us. We handcuff the very thing that God brings into our life to rub off some of the stupid that we have in our lives so that we better reflect Him. And, and there's no, nowhere near that that happens in a, in a more frequent occurrence than in a marriage. In a marriage, we are constantly being rubbed at times to knock off the sharp edges so that we can better reflect him. And men, I'll just tell you this, and this is not in my notes, but this is a freebie. The Holy Spirit, at times, and oftentimes more than I care to admit, will speak through the voice that sounds a lot like your wife. <laughs> Hypothetically. So you would do well in a relationship that is motivated by bringing together, not apart, in a relationship that is defined not by selfishness, but by selflessness, to listen. Hypothetically. It goes the other way around, too. 20% of the time. <laughs> One last thing, and we're going we're gonna to hit this um, on either next week or the, the, the 25th, is this issue of community. The issue of community in the context of relationship defines this place, right? There's this adage right now that's been going on since about the 70s of what I need from church. And we go and sit and like what I can get from church and what I really need and I just need to be poured into and I need something. Scripturally, we are all part of the body of Christ, which means we are all 
in this together, that we are in relationships with one another, and in those contexts of relationships, in the midst of conflict, we selflessly come asking what we can bring to the table. That's when the body of Christ is at its most effective. That's when a relationship is at its most effective. Okay, so a couple things, and then you can close us in prayer. Okay, so prepare, loosen up. Okay. Um, first, redefine how you see conflict. Don't celebrate it, but it can be transformational in a relationship. It allows you to deal with things that are unspoken. Second, shift your focus on the past. Right? If God doesn't look at the past, it's probably unhealthy that you do as well. Right? Look forward to what you want to be, not past of what you were at one time. Allow the Holy Spirit to transform and renew your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus so that you can reflect Him in the relationship that you are. Check your motives. If you're walking into something where you need to win, take a step back. And for some of us that, that have, at times, problems, once you start, you can't shut up. Man, you'll talk and have this conflict go on for, for days. And we struggle with this at the beginning. Like, I can talk for days. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. We're not done yet. Yeah, yeah, you are. You were done about 10. Right, so, so allow yourself to set a time. If something is really sensitive and something that you're struggling with is really tough to get through, set a time. Hey, we're going to talk about this for an hour. And if we don't fix it, that's good. That's okay. But give yourself a time. And, and I, I think along with that is allow yourself to step back. Because sometimes when we have conflict, we allow our human nature to take over and we have to win and when we have to win we become more aggressive and when we become more aggressive we say things that we shouldn't say so when you feel that on give you and your your person that you you have relationship with the freedom to step away not to run away but to step away for a period of time to take a glass of water to walk around to allow the holy spirit to speak amen, amen? So we hope that this is okay to talk to you guys this way every once in a while. To give you practical kind of things that, that we have learned in life and, and not so fun times. Right? Because our prayer for you, for everybody here, is to have healthy relationships. And part of health is at times dealing with conflict. So I know that this is practical. I know this, is, this doesn't feel at times like the motivational church that maybe we had last Sunday. But Christianity is in every nook and cranny of our life. Our faith with Jesus affects everything that we do and even stuff like friendships and, and, and marriages and, and uh, kid relationships and even in our businesses. So, Is that okay? Yeah. Awesome. You want to pray? Yes. Father, we... we Thank you first and foremost for um, sending your son, just that, that he chased us down and pursued us and fought for us as individuals. And God, I'd ask that you would, would put that uh, in perspective in our own hearts as we apply it to, to relationships, that we could strongly fight for what's right um, 
because of your desire to, to work in those, to help shape us and to just help us to grow in connection and understanding and community. Thank you for, um, for friends. Thank you for family. Thank you for community. Thank you for spouses and children and for all those things that even though there's friction, God, you uh, can propel us forward through that and grow us to be more like you. We bless you this morning. May you be glorified in all we do this week. And I just pray for the people here and as we leave t today, Lord God, that we could um, grasp the truth that you settled in our hearts and apply it, um, that you truly would be glorified through and in our relationships. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.